0: It's a sled. He's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father. They're allergic to water. She's a sister and her daughter. You
1: Watched It Wrong.
0: Hi, everybody. How you doing? This is Wade. And this is Siggy, and you're listening to You Watched It Wrong... And specifically, Wacky Races. It's a many, 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 many series. Thanks for joining us in our second installment. We're talking about the 1965
1: film, Those Magnificent Men in Their Flying Machines, or
0: How I Flew from London to Paris in five Hours and 11 Minutes. That's right. This movie was new to me. I think it was new to Wade. If it's new to you, too, hey, uh, we hope you'll stick around and listen to the podcast. Because, you know, sometimes I like to listen to uh, an episode about a movie I haven't seen and have no intention of seeing. Because I can follow along while I'm doing the dishes much easier than I can watch the movie. So, if that's you, stay with us. Please. (laughs) Please.
1: And let me say, of all the movies we've done, this is a great one to, you know, do that with.
0: We we might be able to save you some time there, you know. If, it, if, if this old
1: <laughs> movie from the 60s that maybe you heard of might have come into your consciousness and you thought, maybe I want to spend, oh, two, two and a half hours watching that, uh, you, you know what? Maybe you could just listen to this instead. Yeah. You know, I'm, no disrespect. A lot of work went into this movie. A lot of hard work. A lot of you know. A lot of kudos should be earned. But um, uh, me personally, I kind of wish I hadn't.
0: Or maybe you're one of those people out there who <laughs> love this movie, and there's people out there, in which case uh, you yeah. can listen along and uh, swear at Wade and I as we tell you uh, why we why we didn't. But hey. <laughs> We're not just here to, uh, to, to crash land uh, our, our opinions on this movie. We're also talking about how this fits into you know, the larger picture of the development of uh, a wacky race subgenre. You know, somehow this is all going to lead up to and beyond Cannonball Run, right? And so like, I think in a lot of ways that starts here more than in it's a mad, 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 mad world. And I, I think that'll be interesting to talk about, too.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that for sure. I think Mad World added the idea of every part being a I you know, a famous face to increase the eventness of it, you know. And then also the daring stunts and spectacle of that. And then um this certainly added in the um well, you know what? I don't know if I could even I can I don't think I could tell you. But it feels like it's more of a spiritual predecessor. <laughs>
0: To get in ball
1: run, maybe the sanctioned race aspect of it. Maybe that's what it is.
0: Yeah, know. we'll get into that. We'll, we'll we'll talk that. But first, I think we're just going to talk about this movie on its own terms. Uh, like like uh, Wade said at the top, those magnificent men in their flying machines, which got its title from a song that a some studio person's wife had written.
1: Yeah, they, she wrote this. His wife she wrote the song. And I go, oh, so she wrote a song. And they go, but then they added music to it from the guy who wrote the score. And
0: I'm like, oh, so she just penned some lyrics down. Okay, all right. Yeah, and those lyrics were, they go up-dee-up-up. <laughs> they go down to dee down They're like, wow. Like, that's, okay, well, then we got that's, a movie. That's got to be it. That's There's no <laughs> end of meeting. Like, Stop yeah. drilling. You've hit oil. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so. It also re- said...
1: Re- <laughs> According, I think according to Wikipedia, it said this was based on a screenplay called Flying crazy. crazy. Flying Crazy. And I'm like, based on a screenplay? So, like, that was this an existing movie? It was a or screenplay.
0: You know, it's a bunch of stack of paper that people type up. What, what is this,
1: this screenplay
0: you yeah. speak of? And there are more of them than there are movies made. And sometimes <laughs> when true. they want to make a movie, they go look at the screenplays. Um. Right. Yeah, that's what sitting on, on
1: was weird. Yeah,
0: the so screenplay that, by the way, not to get ahead of ourselves, is going oh, to be nominated for an oh, Academy God. Award. Oh God! And, and yeah, I, I want to get to. I want to. I, I think it's early to do it now. We need to talk about the movie for a yeah. bit, but I think we need to formulate like a real world scenario that explains <laughs> that happening. <laughs> I don't
1: know. Where. Where its fellow nominees are The Train, a Wade favorite, Casanova 90, Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and then all those lost to Darling. The adapted screenplays were Dr. Shivago A Thousand Clowns, Cat Baloo, Ship of Fools, and The Collector. And yet somehow this movie is included in that same realm. Yeah. It's
0: mind-boggling to we me. We got a, you know, I don't know, I didn't... Look to see like what got bumped, like what, what what, didn't, what was on the outside looking in at those magnificent men in their flying machines? Because I saw it had a nominee, like had the record for most for like longest title that had an Oscar nomination until Borat subsequent movie film, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, well, well, that must be production design or uh, costume, yeah, maybe cinematography Mm -hmm. or or maybe the song, best original song. You know, it's catchy diddy um it's uh there I found a um a Frankie Yankovic cover of Those Magnificent oh, Men. It's wow, track yeah. it's track one of Frankie Yankovic like covers movie songs. Uh it's a big surprise. Um but you know, no, it's a screenplay. A lot of this movie was a big surprise, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's full of twists and turns, this movie. <laughs> it's yes, it's uh so one right hook after a left hook after an uppercut this movie Rock and em. then you say to yourself Rock well, wait, I, I was in a fight okay it's a mad 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 world huge hit like you said it did like hangover numbers for its day yeah and that, that was stanley kramer who hadn't wasn't a comedy guy no nope. two years later we have ken anakin who's just coming off the longest day which is yeah, like one segment it's like, oh yeah, he did one segment, but you know, its longest day is like the it's a mad, 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 mad world of D Day films. <laughs> that's very true. I didn't even think about that because a lot of those films are have that same kind of like padded out deep
1: bench. But longest day is is very. That's an apt comparison. Yeah, yeah it's
0: like everybody's in that movie, right? If you if you had a swinging dick, you were in <laughs> the, you were in the longest day. Um, Arnold (laughs) Stang
1: broke his hand and he had to be in the longest day.
0: (laughs) So they, uh, so then he, uh, somehow he ends up making this movie. So it's like, okay, let's do another uh, big epic, widescreen epic. It's the 60s. They're competing with television. Everything's big, big, big widescreen. I never said it last episode. 60s, this is my least favorite era of Hollywood filmmaking, by the way. Like, this is my. Like, if you look at my average ratings per decade, like, this is late 50s into the 60s. Like, I I generally don't like an average movie from uh, from this period. Just like the way it looks, the way it's put together. Um, I don't know. That's me. So... Yeah, I, I'd probably
1: share that same sentiment. I'd have to delve into it a bit more, but... I'd probably... I'd agree with that.
0: Like, everything just seems... Feels so artificial, so stagey, so... Uh, stilted. Stilted. Like it, they're, they're getting to the point
1: where they're making... They're putting more money into the actual production of it. But the cameras are still not to the point where they can be fleet, you know? So it all feels very... St- the, formal, the formalism yeah. of it is starting to weigh it down to the point where it's crumbling, I think. Yeah. And, every, and then, everything and
0: this, feels very self-conscious in a way. Like Then you get you know. into this.
1: Yeah. You get into the 70s and then the, the lighter cameras start to be made and people are running around handheld and freeze up. You can move faster. And it, it sort of injects a lot of energy into not just the films, but the filmmaking. And so, yeah, this is kind of the end of that,
0: the tail end of that, I think. So it's like, let's do another big epic. It'll be a comedy with vehicular stunts. Mm-hmm. And uh this is a UK production, so we're gonna do like the European version. We're gonna get uh all these ringers from European comedies uh to to be in our picture and every, it's gonna be everybody scrambling for common goal because that that worked from from It's a Mad Mad, Mad Mad World. And here we go. We end up the product is those magnificent men in their flying machines. So um Anything else to say before we jump in? Oh, similarly, big budget movie. Not quite as big. Not the record-breaking numbers of mm-hmm. of Mad World. But uh, how much? Uh, five? I saw two different figures between $5,600 and $6,500. $1, 1965 dollars. About a $50 million budget in 2020 dollars.
1: Yeah, it seemed like it was like two-thirds the budget of Mad World. And weirdly, also ended up bringing in two-thirds the profit or two-thirds the revenue oh yeah this
0: ended um, up this did this this did banger uh bang up you did bang up business it did, did good, good
1: uh, it did real good but it was yeah. uh, in both categories in budget and box office it did like a third less it was a third less than mad world all around so
0: uh. debuts in <laughs> june 16th right uh nice at the start of summer um, and let's, let's, let's get into this. So what is this movie? What is this movie, Wade? <laughs> what's well, what's well, going the on worst. here?
1: You, you need to answer that question. I'm the worst person. I'm I'm just, I'm right now saying that this... <laughs> I really hated this movie. And I'm going to put this right now. Okay. Uh, I'm going I'm to try, I'm try to keep it... After listening to myself in the Mad World podcast, I kind of don't want to hear myself talk anymore. So, like, um, I'm going to try to just put my insecurities here right now I um, was so bowled over by how pointless this whole movie was to me um, that I started to get self-conscious in the sense that yeah you know it was well reviewed a lot of people did like it at the time It it did well at the box office and I'm going okay well it's just I got different tastes or whatever but then I started thinking well how I guess maybe I'm just being incurious about the movie like maybe it is what you said it was which was a British mad world right hmm. so if someone who didn't know all the faces of it's a mad 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 world would they have the same experience watching that movie as I did watching this one where I would um, see a scene and like Edward Fox lands his plane and this people in these, this car pulls up and he goes "I, can you help me get some gas and they're like oh uh sure and then the scene's over and we never see that again <laughs> And then yeah. I'm like, well, what the fuck was that about? And then I look it up later and like, oh, he was like a TV comedian who was on in Britain for a long time. Yeah. And she was a longstanding actress and there. And I'm like, oh, maybe that meant something to people who knew who the hell they were. And I'm just ignorant of that fact. And
0: that's like and the so- number one example of the scene that is constructed as a cameo. Right. right. Like like right. okay. Like the nun too. Like the Mother Superior. She had to be yeah. somebody. I just didn't know who she was. Otherwise right. what's But the she point at least got scene? a joke.
1: She at and least got, got a, a joke. Jo- she got a little uh, joke. Of of, of uh, Protestants, oh no. Yeah. We can't have Protestants winning. <laughs> Get out there win. I mean, so at least that had a joke to it. Um but uh yeah, most of this movie was just confounding to me. Uh, and so um but yet I also know that it is a it's a much less cynical film than it's a mad 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 world. no
0: was. it's a very aspirational film right it like we're supposed it, to be they, inspired by these people it took
1: some moments to like genuinely watch these old planes fly and marvel at you know what man can do i mean there is that aspect to it and so am i um i you know i so in re- in in looking in examining this i'm looking at myself going do i only want cynicism and derision and all this stuff in my comedy, in order for me to enjoy it, and so I'm kind of been falling down that hole because that's why I'm a little bit in a pissy mood today. I'm a little pissy before I started this podcast, and I'm gonna because I'm like, oh, am I just a piece of shit? Is that why I didn't like this movie?
0: But, you just but you just can't stand seeing magnificent men. It makes you. Feel I guess I just can't. I feel inferior. Insecure. <laughs> and uh, and but, don't tell but, me they're magnificent. I'll decide for
1: myself. But then when I look at, the, remember the scenes, I recall the scenes, and it was helped by when you, uh, uh, Siggy sent me a, a website that had screen caps of, of uh, the movie to help re- remember our you know, jog jogger memory about the movie before the podcast. And I'm like, in the screen caps, nothing's going on. So when people actually selected something to, like, remember, there's nothing going on. <laughs> this is a movie about a race, and the race – it, 90 minutes into the movie, the race hasn't started yet. No. Into a two-hour
0: and 20, 30-odd movie. How long is it? Uh, two hours Two and, hours, 18... No, uh, yeah, two hours, 18 minutes. There is a... There is a intermission in a movie, and
1: nothing has happened so far up until that point. To the point where, like, I mean, oh, we're introducing all the characters. They are so paper-thin... It, yeah. This movie is like reading a pamphlet for three hours. That's what it's like, and <laughs> you get no more information out of it. You just read it over and over again for
0: three hours. Yeah. Um. Well, I also have a. I also have another theory. Okay. But I have a I, theory. Me, I, I, I no, oh, let, go no, ahead. So yeah. Um. So I did give the lie at some point. I think it was in the trailer or last episode. We were like, no, this. The movies that get included in this are where it's one race. The whole movie is one race <laughs> from right. beginning to end. And like, oh well this <laughs> we broke that rule already with this movie because it it's after intermission well, and the race hasn't started. Although the whole movie <laughs> is preparing for one race. It's not right, like a switch of um, but, but like, I, like, I did realize like the the perfect um use for this movie, what this movie's good for is like on those Sundays when you have a school project to do or you have like homework to oh, do and you're really bored, yeah. you can put this movie on and you can actually concentrate on your project for a while and then you just look up everyone, every once in a while. You won't have missed anything in the movie. Not a thing. And there'll probably be like a cool old-timey airplane to like look at for a little bit. Or like, oh, look, there's Benny Hill doing one of his three shots in this movie. Yeah, here's, here's,
1: here's TV comedy stalwart Benny Hill and he puts on a hat.
0: Not a funny hat. He puts on a hat. Yeah. And that's it. He, he, sits at, he He's he, the guy in the tower that gets buzzed. They buzzed <laughs> the tower a couple times. He falls out of his chair.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he does fall out of his chair. I stand corrected. Yeah. But not in a particularly funny way. In a very reasonable... No. A oh, plane wing almost hit me. So, it's yeah. the fact of it. Right. It's the fact of it. Yeah. But I uh, but I have a theory about this movie. I have, I have a theory that um, it came late... In my, uh, in my thinking about this movie I think They shot All of it without Terry Thomas first And then they it's like He had some scheduling conflict Or whatever so he had to shoot all his at the tail He was working on his, his mustache Right and so then Terry Thomas comes in And starts killing it And then they're going oh Oh we I didn't realize we could be funny in this comedy All the filmmakers start going Maybe we should Maybe we should do more of what Terry Thomas is doing, like, in, in our
0: own work. <laughs> Cause
1: let, let's put it away. Terry Thomas is genuinely funny in this movie.
0: He's good. Yeah. He's, he's good. He's, he's, the, he's the, on my scorecard, he's the funniest main player. That, absolutely. That was, oh, uh, hands there. Oh. wait, um, hmm. Actually, no, he's number two. I, um, uh, <laughs> who, who could possibly be? I will. Like I, I won't do about this now. So I'll, 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 we'll get well, into we'll him.
1: Well, Courtney. very funny. Courtney. Courtney had. Good. Courtney had my first laugh. Thirty yeah. minutes into the movie, I had my first laugh.
0: Courtney, he's he's Sir Percy, uh, the sidekick, yeah. the stooge he, to right. Terry Thomas's character. He, he yeah. is.
1: I may I doubt the originator, but definitely a one in a long line of toadies to the. Main villain, the the clutcher to the Baron von Automatic, the uh, Peter Falk to Jack Lemmon's Professor Fate in the upcoming Great Race, that sort of thing. Yeah. Excuse me.
0: The Muttley to Snidely Whiplash, which I think is the direct yeah. <laughs> direct descendant of Snidely uh, Whiplash is in Deadly Do Right, though, isn't he? Who's the oh one of the wacky races? Lact- uh, das, uh, um, Dirk Dastardly,
1: right? Dick da- Dirk Dastardly.
0: Dirk Dastardly. That's who I was. So yeah, thinking. Muttley. He's, he's exactly different. Mustache which twirler. comes up
1: in yeah, which dif- comes up in 1968. So this is like you're wondering how all of this, you know, the Hanna Barbera kind of took what the movies we're watching right now for yeah. Wacky Races and Laugh Olympics and stuff like that coming up down the road. Well, Wacky Racers and,
0: is how this right. miniseries gets its name. Exactly. Yeah, and
1: and of course the 1967's Tom Slick, which is a favorite of mine so oh, yeah um, good theme song on that one uh yeah so oh absolutely fantastic theme song anyway um courtney has my and i think it's his first line if i'm not mistaken uh sir percy's plane is about to crash and somebody runs up behind courtney and goes he's about to crash and courtney goes yeah <laughs> It it, was the, it, And I thought, oh, chef's kiss right there. Because that was... Not only did that tell me everything I needed to know about Courtney. It told me everything I needed to know about Sir uh, Percy Ware Armitage. Yeah. And, and there's a little quick sidebar in the upcoming sequel to this movie where Terry Thomas plays his own son from this movie. He doesn't play Percy okay. Ware Armitage. He plays... Cuthbert where Armitage. Okay. Um, uh, and 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 Courtney, the actor who plays Courtney doesn't is in the movie at, in the same capacity, but he's not playing a relative of Courtney. He's playing somebody else, oh. but um, it's not like Alfred the, inheriting
0: different Batman. Right. <laughs> but it's the same. It's the same dynamic
1: basically. Um, it, Percy is his name. Um, and uh, uh, in that movie <laughs> where Armitage is introduced on a golf course, and the guy who runs the golf course comes up and says, uh, uh, someone on the, another golfer goes, is there something wrong? And he's like, I'm afraid to have some bad news for Mr. Ware Armitage. And the other golfer goes, good. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that again tells us everything we need to know. Anyhow, but yeah, 30 minutes into this movie, that's where I get my first laugh. It's not a
0: big laugh comedy. Movie. It's it's a light no. it's a light humor. Movie, it's a light entertainment. I didn't hate this movie as much as you, but it it is not a good movie. But you know, it is is light fare. Uh, The 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 shitty part of my
1: brain while watching this movie wanted to call you and say, so Siggy, you you still think Mad World didn't need any jokes, (laughs) or do you do you think it did that it had to have jokes (laughs) because it's way funnier without jokes than this movie. (laughs) that tries
0: some jokes or does it i don't even know it doesn't (sighs) so for those who haven't seen this movie we promise to help them out let me run through the plot of this movie now by when i say run through the plot it doesn't mean i'm going to run through everything that happens in this movie i'm going to describe all the plot points that affect something that happens later in the movie (laughs) Yeah. Because, because what, most otherwise of what happens be descri- has no bearing on the proceedings whatsoever. It's just business. Otherwise, you'd be describing nothing. There's just some comical business. Okay. So here's the really? here's the comical. Pot. <laughs> it's a, well, it's an yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there's some, right,
0: you're you're much more generous than I am. Yeah. It's I mean, it's, if it, it's there's not anything else, it's not funny comical necessarily. Except for but. Terry
1: Thomas. He, the reason why he's such a beacon in the movie is because he he uh, he's the only
0: one that holds his character. his
1: behavior holds any promise for later you know
0: all right here's the plot so Patricia ronsley wants her beau uh Mays Richard mays British these are a couple of British people this is in England uh he wants Mays to take her flying he also would probably like her like him to kiss her, but he's not going to do that. Even though they're engaged, they're going to be engaged. Okay. So Mays has this idea. He proposes to Patricia's father, Lord Rosley, to have an air race, an international air race. It's 1910. Um, we're in an alternate. This is not part of the plot, by the way. But we're in an alternate history of flight where it's an Italian who has the first sustained flight, not the Wright brothers, is mm. kind of. Interesting. I have a a theory (laughs) about why they made that choice, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. So Mays proposes the air race to Lord Rosley. Lord Rosley agrees. His newspaper puts up the prize. Invitation race. Mays also asks if he can take Patricia flying because she wants to go flying. Lord Rosley refuses. Okay. Plot point. Uh, Entrants enter the race, uh, including Sir Percy, who Lord Rosley hates. That actually doesn't matter. So forget I mentioned that. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Sir Percy enters the race, okay? They practice. They practice for a long time, flying. Orville Newton meets, uh, he's a cowboy. He's from Arizona. He is the alternate Wright brother who um, Mm. has not invented flight. His partner, weirdly not named Wilbur. No. Uh, Orville Newton, cowboy. Uh, He shows up. He meets Patricia. They flirt. We establish a love triangle. Okay. He does take her flying. While he's flying, the wing breaks. He fixes it in mid-flight. But Lord Ronsley is mad, kicks him out of the race. So he's out of the race. Patricia, five minutes later, asks her father if he can be back in the race. So he's back in the race. Well, that little that little conflict resolved.
1: <laughs> yeah, over intermission, told us Off that it resolved through a media report.
0: So, yeah. why bother? Yeah. So he's that yeah. Okay. Sir Percy does some cheating. Mm-hmm. When the race starts, uh, a bunch of planes crash or need repairs. Some of this is because of the cheating. Some of it not. <laughs> Everybody, uh, except for Yamamoto, who uh, crashes at this point, is a, gets right back in the race. Um, Orville, because of the cheating, has a slightly bumpy landing. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, has to stay up. This actually doesn't matter. He has to stay up overnight to make repairs, but he's not, like, tired the next day, so it actually has no bearing on what happens forward. Forget I mentioned it. He has a slightly bumpy landing. That's a result of the cheating. Okay.
1: Footnote. Potential air bud moment there, but it was quickly overlooked. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Um, We're near the finish line. Almost no plot happens during the race itself. Um, This is really where you can get a lot of homework done. (laughs) You know, the point of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, Count Emilio, the Italian guy who invented flight, who had the first sustained flight. His engine catches fire. Orville rescues him mid-flight. A uh, call back to when he repaired the wing mid-flight earlier in the movie. Maze wins the race but splits the prize with Orville because of his heroism. He um, Patricia chooses Orville. The end. That's the plot yeah. of the movie. That's it. Um, and What didn't I mention? Well, you mentioned everything
1: that had no bearing on any particular scene. Um, you didn't mention the majority of the other participants.
0: Yeah, that's Because right. they don't matter. Because they Ponticelli,
1: don't matter. Ponticelli. Ponticelli is there to only be an Italian stereotype and get rescued in the end, other than... To basically say that there are pilots who just buy their planes and without knowing how to fly yeah. them and then crash them, and it seems like some Italian critique of an Italian stereotype, I would think they
0: uh, uh, they set up a rivalry with the Frenchman Pierre. Yeah, when he Pierre, refuses to go after Pierre in the um, in in the practices order, so he gets to go first yeah. because he refused. He will have. No other interaction with any other character until his right. engine catches fire at, towards the end of the movie.
1: Right, none. And yeah. then you have Pierre, the aforementioned Pierre Dubois, played by uh, Jean-Pierre Cassel, father of Vincent Cassel, by the way, the basketball player. No, the other a- the actor. Oh, okay. The contemporary actor, and Pierre Dubois uh, seems uh, to be there just to antagonize the German entrance who also went unmentioned yeah Uh, count Manfred von Holstein played by Gert Frobe of uh, Ork Goldfinger fame
0: yeah who I think is the funniest I think he's the funniest one in the movie
1: in both this and I'm going to try not to harp on it too much in this and it's the subsequent follow-up Gert Frobe is doing a lot of subtle acting work underneath the broad strokes of his performance. Well, this movie's only broad strokes. It's only broad strokes. Yeah. So he's asked to do these broad strokes things, but he's actually doing some pretty good work, and it's really masked only because he's consistently ADR'd with, I believe, someone else's voice. That's what happened in Goldfinger. Yeah, he's done. And it's what happened in... I don't think of all the movies I've seen him in, I don't think I've ever heard his real voice. Is he doing his own marching
0: band sounds, though? I hope so. <laughs> so in my scorecard, best bits, my top two best bits are... Our Gert Froeb I, I don't know how you say his name. I, I don't know either. Um, I'm going to Germany for Frib. work. i got to learn some German. Umlaut Froeb.
1: Yeah. Umlaut.
0: His marching band thing and just like it's part of the German stereotype, which this movie just all stereotype. Yeah, um, it's all. But the fact that he needs an instruction book to do everything and that in mid-flight when he <laughs> loses his instruction book, he has to like climb out on the wing to get it. Uh, that I, I thought that was that, that was like a bit yeah. that worked for me, like a recurring well, bit. That
1: was the only bit that happened in the movie. Like, like I, I noted that during the race, the fact that his instruction book flew, flew back, and then now he, he doesn't know how to. You can't fly without it because Germans follow instructions, as he says. Like, I realized at this point, this is the only comic set piece in the
0: movie, and like, it's like it was a good one because it uh, no, had a the critique. Whole... It, same character in the um, Runaway Motorcycle. That's like the best set piece. That's the that was the the best uh, stunt of the movie too. Well, yeah, yes,
1: but uh, this was the only thing that tickled my fancy. I'll say. Okay. The only like bit that wasn't just someone making a remark or or a funny eye roll from Percy or, or uh, from uh, Terry Thomas, but. I thought it was a bit with something to say. I don't think it ended well. I think they didn't do anything with it event- at the at the end of the, the the set piece. But it was really good. It was it it involved me and and the the weird thing is that it's like a cartoon. It's like, yeah, it was a know, cartoon. Daffy Duck would do that exactly. So yeah, I was real. I was like, hey, this movie's livened up a bit. And then it just kind of like I didn't. What really made <laughs> really surprised me about this movie is that it. Pierre Dubois seems to be there only to pull pranks on his foil, the German soldier. But uh, well, and a, man for own and to chase tail, and to chase tail. That's the only thing he does. Yeah. In fact, you know, and 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 well, okay, I'm getting ahead and of myself. I'm not talking about airplane parts. They razz him so badly, unprovoked, that it. it I was worried the movie made me feel bad for the German army. <laughs> <laughs> which was a feat, I think. I was like, hey, leave those pre war Germans alone. What are you doing, you Give rascally them their Exactly. And I have to say, the actor that impressed me most in this movie, besides Terry Thomas, which he had a built in gimme, for me anyway, was the guy who played um, Holstein's Second Command. Uh, uh, Captain Rumpelstrauss uh, an actor named Carl Michael Vogler, um, he, he was the guy that he told the second committee he, he said, "Well, you're flying the plane." He goes, "I don't know how to fly a plane," and then he eventually doesn't fly because uh, a laxative that was intended
0: for uh, uh, Yamamoto who gets, gets double. Him. He gets double sabotaged. Yeah, like they, it's the only person they try to slip a drug to, slip a Mickey to, and they yeah. sabotage this plane. Right, that's pretty. And, uh... Yeah,
1: so you start to feel bad for the Germans. <laughs> so unfair. Um, but yeah, the the I was really impressed. I actually watched it a couple of times. The scene where he goes to ask the French for a duel because you've hurt my commander's honor, so you've insulted his honor, so let's do a duel. And I was watching him going. His performance is. His acting's really good like it was he was almost too handsome and stoic of a man for me to believe to be this dopey but he pulled it off with just this kind of quizzical like why aren't you playing by the rules I'm playing by in like just confused kind of haplessness
0: and I, I really liked him <laughs> I'd like to see him in more stuff you were just overwhelmed by his genetic superiority apparently. I guess so <laughs> But yeah,
1: the germans
0: were uh, were
1: uh both the funnier parts of this movie and and um and and the more sympathetic ones
0: <laughs> okay, as long as we're on uh Gert <laughs> Gert frob uh goldfinger, right goldfinger. It's the only the only other thing I've seen him in Chitty Chitty Bang bang. I haven't seen Chitty Chitty Bang. Bang. Really, uh, okay. Benny Hill's in that. Like a few people from this movie yeah. are in, and some of the crew. Chitty as well. Chitty, Chitty Bang Bang. Um, okay, so on my scorecard for playing against type, is it is is Gert Fröbe playing against type? Because I only know him as Goldfinger, and so to see him as like this silly buffoon, for me that he was playing against type. But I, he's played a lot of he has played a lot of comic parts. Yeah, and so I've majority
1: the, of the movies I've seen of him, he's like Goldfinger's the outlier. But okay. I, I don't I don't know. He's done a lot more work than I've seen. So I can't really. He's the Leslie
0: Nielsen of, of
1: this. <laughs> he's like been playing against type his entire career.
0: And okay. Then now so is anybody in this movie playing against type? Or is this just like the most straight down the no. middle? Like everybody's not only going to play to type, but they're going to play the stereo version of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Lord Ronsley's
0: playing the most two type. Um Oh, Robert Morley? Yeah. I only know him from Beat the Devil, but he was the best part of Beat the Devil. He he's in a bunch
1: of stuff. I, I just saw he was in um why did I just see him he was in? It was really kind of neat. I was surprised. But he's the one who's playing most two type, I think. Oh, well he'll he'll be uh, he'll be in Scavenger Hunt. We'll see him again in Scavenger Hunt. Oh. Well he's in the Great <clears throat> Muppet Caper, but I don't know. And he was him. in Oh, that's right. He was in Around the World at 80 Days, so he's kind of got pedigree for this sort of movie. But he was in The African Queen. I don't remember isn't, him not that either. Isn't he the guy that marries them in the end? I think he is. Okay. I think he's
0: on the boat at the end. He's one. Of I mean, he's German got one men- of those faces and aspects where, yeah. you know, he's like kind of like a pre-John Houseman. Yeah. You know. But more with a, more of a comic bent. Um, yeah. If, if not prowess. Is like somewhere between like sydney green street and john houseman i don't know yeah somewhere on that continuum james fox
1: james fox is a good actor from the things i've seen him in he's weird in this movie because he's so not i don't know i guess because i'm expecting a comedy i'm expecting him to kind of lose his his upper crust cool and he, he never does and it's not for any comic effect that he doesn't. So,
0: okay, let's just run down the whole cast We did this. We did this for Mad World. We, you know, these are ensemble yeah. pictures, and so thinking about like how deep the cast goes yeah. is pretty fun. Except the main three people, I had no idea who they were. So it doesn't. This movie doesn't quite work that way. So Stuart Whitman, who just seems like a a stock TV cowboy actor to me. Like I don't know, like yeah. nothing. I, I, you know, it wasn't until I was researching him today.
1: I, I could, I would have bet money that he was a Brit playing an American. Just because no, everybody.
0: So that's a big surprise. Like I, I knew from whoever on Facebook recommended this movie to us for this miniseries because I had, wasn't even aware of it. Like they were the one who pointed it out and said, you know, broad ethnic stereotypes, um, et, cetera, et cetera. I'm like, oh boy, it's going to be much of Brits. You know, like an Italian face and whatnot. And uh, you know, is Benny Hill playing the German guy? Uh, right. And, and, That's what we are expecting. And so I was really surprised um, and relieved that everybody is playing their own nationality. And yeah, they which kind for of, this time period is actually... Uh, it feels unique. It feels... <laughs> yeah. For like... Okay. Yeah. We need a German, so to be authentic, we want to... To get representation and have a get a, a qualified German actor to do the broadest, shallowest German stereotype possible. Yeah, can you do exactly. that exactly? And we're going to do that for every one of these, except for maybe the the Japanese character. Yeah, so we'll he, get to that exactly. Yav- y- 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 Yamamoto, I'm not sure what's going on there. Okay, let's talk about this. Okay, Stuart Whitman oh, yeah. just seems like a stock American, like low charisma. I mean, he's fine. He's not
1: he's nominated for an Oscar though, in one point early on in his career <laughs> for what? this, I think. Uh I just read that he was nominated for playing a child molester in a movie that was supposed to be a role for Richard Burton, and then he backed out, and then he was hired, and then he got a
0: The mark. Nom- the mark, yeah, sixty-one, right. so not that long ago, and not he's thirty-seven when he makes this, right. and he looks older. He looks ten years older, at least. Yeah. Uh, I did not like him at all in this movie. Um, sorry,
1: Stewart. Uh, I was ha- I was happy to see that you have been cast recently before his his death, um, um, in other things. Like I thought that was cool, but I also read that he and um, Sarah Miles, who plays Patricia Ronsley Hated each other and would not speak to each other unless they were in the scenes. And you know what it shows.
0: You think Um, he did a little Pierre number on her? Like you think he got a little grabby? And the I I have no idea. I wouldn't be put. I would be surprised.
1: All I know is that when they cited it, they cited that he's a married man, although he was he was uh, divorced in sixty six.
0: So, like, I go, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) What happened there? But, uh,
1: exactly. So, like, um, you can tell. And normally, you know, I I don't know. It's just, it's, uh, you wonder why these scenes felt so strange. And, and, and Kurt, I just thought it was the writing at first, just because I was like, I don't buy any of this
0: for a second. Other than the fact that he's like, yeah, sure, I'll take you up. It's just which, all very stock. I mean, you yeah. know, like you're not, there's not really any drama in, in anything. It's just like complete like paint by numbers. Totally. Storytelling with, you know. Which, uh, which is yeah. so weird to me. I think this
1: is why I, hate, why I had a visceral reaction to this movie. Is that they spin, usually you have a stock romance in a movie where you're focused on something else about the plot. Like we're doing this big race movie, right? But we need, you know, we know every movie needs a romance to make it feel important. So let's just tack on a romance. We'll throw in a hot person. They'll have a romance. They'll do some, you know, uh, tiffs along the way, and then they'll kiss. And that's our movie. That's our stock Hollywood movie. But this movie takes the stock romance plot and spends two hours on it with no racing. Well, everybody's <laughs>
0: practicing. Like, this what is what the.
1: Oh, okay. why are we watching the thing that this movie doesn't even care about? Care about you know? Okay, I have a <laughs> I have a
0: theory for why this movie is structured the way it is. Okay, I desperately need to hear it. Okay, so remember we're we've covered one person in the cast list. Okay, let's we'll get back. We'll, we'll, let's get back we'll, to the. We'll
1: go back to that. We'll remember that.
0: <laughs> okay, but well, what's the problem?
1: <gasps> what's no, the, not
0: not you. The movie. Uh, so okay, so the problem with this movie and i think i think the rest of the movies in our series are going to learn their lesson from it well, I is that hope so the problem with this movie is that the men are in flying machines <laughs> <laughs> and that there's only one of them per machine and once they go up in their machine nobody can interact with each other exactly so that how like, can you have hijinks the, the story ends the story is like you hit the pause button while you watch them fly and then yeah. for anything to happen, they have to come down. They have to come down to down down And then they can <laughs> talk to people again. Like, they right. don't have radios, you know. Right. But at one point, Maze signals to, to Orville that he's lost a wheel. And I can't even tell how Orville knows what the fuck my, Maze just said to him. Like, he, right. very poor uh, charades by, from Mays. You know, they have to spend so much time practicing because that's the only time anybody can interact. That's an excellent point. And that's why, like, they had this screwy uh, structure where they have to land several times and refuel and have checkpoints. Part of it is that, like, there's a little light humor from the irony of, like, here we are in 1965 in the middle of the space race. These people think it's amazing that they're going 40 miles per hour. Like, ha, 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 ha. Well, also, you know? I
1: think that that's also kind of the appeal, because it's a, it was an international, it's got an international feel. It was a U.S. and the Russia was like, that, that was something I read just before we started this podcast that I thought, oh, my God, that actually makes a lot of sense as to why this maybe struck a chord, you know.
0: And Russian uh, Empire, notably absent from the uh, competition, <laughs> which yes. is interesting. Um. So you know, and, and so that, that's their, that's their problem, and they, that's where all their expenses. That's why it's such an expensive movie. They built all these actual planes, which is really cool. You know, yeah, like, they are, and that's it's fun to see all these plane designs, and like they're actually flying them. Uh, they you know they went to a lot of trouble to actually make them f- flight worthy, uh, and that's and, why they you know, can't do a bunch of crazy
1: shit with them. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> right. There, there actually
0: are precarious <laughs> plywood flying machines, you know, and they are <laughs> it, like the reverence is nice, but it also is like really kind of handicapping the the comedy, yeah, you know. Absolutely, yeah, uh, it, uh, it's all true, and so it, I complain about true. this with Mad. Mad World is that once characters go up in an airplane, like they're off in their own movie now until they come back down and now they can interact with the rest of the cast. And yeah, it's that you... those plot lines getting like entangled and, and crossing is where the movie is interesting.
1: True, but you got to admit the plane work in Mad World is way more compelling than what's here. In this I
0: don't movie. find it compelling. No, I
1: disagree. <laughs> you don't feel like compelling the ability that you might actually. Crash at any moment into a cold briquette, in the side of the crowd. That's not compelling. No. Okay.
0: It's, it, <laughs> no, it's just like everybody. So just if there was someone there to yell at him, then you'd feel it compelling. Right? I knew we I knew we'd have to reargue. It's a mad world. You wouldn't be able to. Well, like this movie, something's got to happen. <laughs> so, so yeah. So we move yeah. on. But so, what, so a lesson what, learned: if you're doing a wacky race movie, keep it on the ground.
1: Keep it yeah. on the ground. Get it where they can see each other and look each other in the eye and like run into each other and stuff. That's that's what its follow-up ends up doing and to yeah. much greater success.
0: All of them, yeah. I think, all of them from this point forward are going to be, you know, on now, wheels. As, one one quick thing about Richard Mays's airplane.
1: Uh, I was we, granted a lot of them are taking the wind right straight in the face, but he's like just sitting up there with nothing wind breaking him
0: like at all Oh, but he's got a knit, like, uh he's got a knit <laughs> uh cozy around his head you know? right. he's, he's got a snood
1: he's like he's like sitting on a dolphin's back. There's just nothing he's got nothing breaking that wind but himself, and granted they're only going about you know thirty five 45 miles an hour, but still.
0: That can't be a good way to fly. Yeah, probably your neck gets tired. Like that. Yeah. And pushing your pushing your skull backwards. Oh when when uh Botticelli
1: or not Botticelli, Ponticelli had that um, uh bought that plane that he had to keep moving the things back and forth <laughs> to get the yes. wings to fly. Oh my god. I'm like you're gonna do
0: that for twenty five hours? Yeah. That's insanity. His arms are gonna fall off. Or he's yeah. gonna be ripped. He's gonna have you know, he's gonna Uh, he's gonna have like you know Goodyear (laughs) tires under his skin (laughs) (laughs) holding up his head okay number two in the cast list Sarah Miles as Patricia Mm. Rosley another Brit I like Sarah Miles in this movie
1: I I think she's
0: good quite charming I do
1: too I think she was a welcome person to grace the screen I think the intent of a lot of the um, writing for her was progressive and in good faith, and a l- but a lot of the there was a lot of remaining residual sexism that just kind of holds it all that da- holds it down still. Yeah, okay. It's like let's like, talk about this. I'm telling yes. you, I'm telling you, skirts being pulled off must have been an epidemic at that time period. Her <laughs> her skirts go flying off.
0: Like twice, three times, but at least twice. W- oh, the no, threat of it the third time. The threat okay. of it the third time. And, and of but course, I thought she... the second time was funny, just like just like just the way it right. just happened. Like oh, huh, yeah. huh, we did it again. Recurring bit. Okay. And
1: she never covers herself, even though she's got like a full on like pantaloons and stuff, and full on uh, uh, another dress worth of underwear down there, you know. Um, but still, she doesn't like. Act like this is inappropriate, other than her just being you know. see indignity. But I will say, this is one of the few bits that pi- that actually closes. It pays off when he has to take his pants off. Yeah, or his pants. His pants fall down when he has to take his belt off to to fix the plane, and then he's pantsless in front his of her. His pants I was fall like, down. hey, finally something comes full circle.
0: Okay. <laughs> I got a whole take on this. Wait, well, so right. let, let's let's rewind. Okay, so Patricia's whole th- deal is she starts the movie. She's like spunky. She's riding a motorcycle. She's like I understand your plane yeah. at least as well as you do, Maze, You you stiff. You you sexless yeah. <laughs> British corpse <laughs> of a man. <laughs> you know yeah, she's like, like, like the
1: first character we know, we meet. Right?
0: She's yeah. like the first
1: she feels like well, she's the no, red to be skeleton as
0: neanderthal oh, man right. red is skeleton. the first That's we didn't right. talk about well we'll get down to him uh, for okay. good reason so, <laughs> um okay she's riding her motorcycle not that side saddle by the way she's straddling that sucker oh yeah because is she, she goddamn it she's alive she's in she's the 1910 version of a liberated woman and right. I, I thought it was a um a well conceived gag that like Mel Brooks... Knew how to do, and um, Anakin, our director here, does not. When she's Mm -hmm. hiding the motorcycle, and then she reappears, and now she's dressed like in formal attire to be presentable to her father, and Maze is like, Oh, you actually look like a girl. But it it doesn't really register that she changed clothes really fast. Like, is that blocked right? Like, the editing is (laughs) that. Yeah, I didn't you even know. know. Yeah. Like it's exactly the kind of gag that Mel Brooks would nail. The shelf. <laughs> ah, I feel refreshed. Yeah. <laughs> like he would know how to put that gag together. Right, exactly. He's like Anakin just doesn't doesn't really know how to use the camera to sell a joke. Like he really doesn't. No. So she gets a ride, she has to hide her motorcycle in the shed because her father doesn't know about it. 'Cause he's, you know, he's not progressive, right? He's he's very stuffy, stuffy and stiff and, and British. Uh he is a British stereotype, just like right. Mays is. So she sticks it in a shed. When she opens the shed door, you see, uh, vote for women. She's a suffragette, right? Right. And uh we're gonna talk about this more next episode, but there's this whole thing where uh nineteen sixty four, Mary Poppins period piece, nineteen sixty five uh those magnificent men period piece they have this like hey let's uh the, the women's uh you know lib is like movement is like starting to ramp up. It's really gonna get bigger in the seventies, but it's like starting now in the sixties. Sexual revolution is well underway. Civil uh, rights movement's uh, and, on the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, swinging swing in sixties. And so like let's let's like you know it's Let's have a historical rhyme with the suffragette movement. And exactly. Different movies, uh, like treat that is is interesting. I think in yeah, this one, yeah. you know, in Mary Poppins, it's ridiculed. It's like this silly hobby that Mrs. Banks has that she needs to discard so she can take care of her kids properly, right? Right. Well, if you, and according to, to if you if you take on face
1: what saving Mr. Banks says, then that's P.L. Travelers hang up. That in the, the books, Mary Poppins, there's no suffragette aspect to it. Okay. It's just like you have a nanny. That's just what it is. And the writers of the, the – my favorite scene in Saving Mr. Banks is the writer's room where Emma Thompson is like going, why is this mother in all this silly suffragette stuff? And B.J. Milbeck's like, because we need to give a reason why she wasn't parenting her kids. Mm. And like just angrily. Are you, are you saying she's a bad mother? And he's like, yes, I am. Why isn't she there? And, and like it, it's the best scene in the movie, and if the whole movie had been like that, I'd call it one of the greatest movies I'd ever seen. <laughs> Which is one of, wanted, well, well, I, one of the reasons why
0: I wanted cinema.
1: Well, well, one of the reasons why I wanted to, to have it, uh, do it as an episode on this show, because hmm. um, that scene is awesome, and so it's so that was an interjection into this into the Mary Poppins story that wasn't there before, and um, and so yeah, it's really neat to see how all of these movies handle it for to have their own vis- reasons, and also to see. Like I said before, the residual hang-ups they still have, like the Dubois thing of I, you know, I actually thought it was a pretty neat. It would be a, a potentially funny bit, which apparently was Zanuck's idea uh, to have uh, Irina Dermick, Is that her name? I think. Like basically, oh, yeah. be this. Be no. Oh, I'm my name Zanuck's is mistress. <laughs> and then the next time he's like, oh no, I'm Yvette. And no, I'm Betsy. And no, I'm like like that. But what's so weird is that there's no one. There's no idea that wait, are they different people or is she just lying? (laughs) And then is this a game or or whatever? Or what is this? But the fact that he just keeps coming up to them and slapping them on the butt, and then they take she takes his arm. It's it's infuriating.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's like a kink. You know, it's like this kinky thing where she always pretends like she's a stranger. Now that would make sense, so he can pick her up,
1: and then that horrible scene where he, where Dubois is in the lead and can pretty much, you sit there and say, this is a commentary on the, uh, a stereotype commentary on the French, I guess, because everything in this movie is basically just, hey, aren't other nationalities stupid? French are amorous, and yeah, like we're gonna, I'm gonna land my plane and give up my lead. because I had the opportunity to, to 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 literally take someone who another man is having <laughs> is having sex with, to send him off a, so I could have sex. with him. A literal
0: roll in the hay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I'm just. Hey, French be Frenchin. Uh, I know it was. It was really. I don't know that part. That was that really stomach churned me.
0: The fact that. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where i want to
1: go. Um, okay. Well, just just the fact that it was a thing where, like, everywhere he goes, it's like you. I can just take you, and you, and you'll yeah. be fine with it.
0: It's like Pepe you know? Le Pew,
1: you know. It's like
0: it's, uh, except,
1: but if the if the cat was willing. Is oh yeah. Name?
0: No, and you know, well, he's yeah. I mean, uh, uh, what's his name's uh, daughter is willing. <laughs> That oh. was that was well, uh well, that, that, not the nicest <laughs> little gag in this movie is when among Percy's oh. villainy is that he is occupying Pierre by getting him to sleep with his sidekick's daughter. Oh,
1: man, that that was the I had a big laugh at that and I immediately felt terrible because it was so <laughs> unexpected and so well done. Uh but it, yeah, I was just like it's oh, a... the, the implications of it were just so awful. Yeah. The joke My being, daughter's virtuous, like, I'm I'm going to I'm going to
0: was.
1: I'm going to uh I'm going to have him set him up with a, a a lady who would be very well uh that might distract that will distract him. He's like, "Oh, ho, ho, I bet oh, I bet she's a bit of all right, eh, governor?" And he's like, "Well, you should know she's your daughter." <laughs>
0: Yeah, you should know, like as if it's like. So you sit there he there going, should so, also have tried to so wait, have sex with Is his he daughter? whoring
1: like, at her daughter, or is yeah. is he basically setting her up to be raped by Pierre? Which is just like just all kinds of nasty.
0: Well, I don't know if Pierre's the, I, you know i I think in the world of the movie, a woman, it is impossible for a woman to resist Pierre. I don't. I don't think rape is. Um, you know, in the in the universe. Well, that's just it. They movie. won't. They
1: won't. The, it, of course not. Because if 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 a man wants someone, then it's okay. So well, of if he's French, going to love it too. If he's French, right?
0: Yeah. If you know, if Colonel Manfred von Holstein, oh, gross, <laughs> went after her, that that that's not going to work. But if it's Pierre, of course, you know. Yeah, I don't know. He's got that way. Okay, I want to get back to Patricia. Sarah Miles as Patricia. Okay, so she's a suffragette. She wants, this is the interesting part of the movie to me. She wants Mays to take her flying, but he won't even kiss her. He won't even, like, turn his head to kiss her on the lips. You know, this is the woman he supposedly is going to marry. And, like, Maze, why don't you take me flying? And he's like, I can't, I no, I can't take you flying now without your father's permission. Ask your father's permission. He says, I absolutely forbid it. You will not take my daughter flying. Because flying equals sex for Patricia and Patricia's storyline, right? So she meets this cowboy who does not have the same kind of social restrictions. You know, he doesn't he's freewheeling, he's loose. He's like, Yeah, sure, I'll take you flying. I take women flying all the time no problem i wear blue jeans you know i'm just uh you know i i i i take them i take them as i see them i'm so flying like, for breakfast you know so so you'd really take me flying like sure yeah you don't have to hang around with this stuff. i'll take you flying so finally so her her skirt keeps falling off around him right they take him mm. they go up in the in the plane finally She's going she's gonna to go flying like, I don't care who knows. This is the sexual revolution, 1910 version, right? But it's 1965 mm-hmm. and people are watching this. So they're in mid-flight and then uh, the cherry break, I mean the uh, strut breaks on the <laughs> wing. So he's got to go out there and he fix it by taking off his belt. Now his pants are down, right? She's mm-hmm. on the stick. She's on the stick. This is her first time flying. She can't handle the stick. He's got to come back and comfort her, right? She's had a thrilling time, but he's got more experience. He's like, "Let me let me take over. I know I know what to do." And her
1: father and her fiance is in a car chasing them at this moment. Too. Right. Right. <laughs> On their
0: heels. They're flying and mid-flight Patricia's storyline in this movie ends before intermission. Yeah. because she is going to a faint <laughs> moment of casual is that moment of casual sexism or mo, mo, moment of overt sexism is that when she's like realized her dream she can't handle it and she faints like the movie was on Patricia's side like yes yeah. Patricia should get to go flying flying is yeah. wonderful you know she's got spunk and spirit she's got the same spirit as these men she should get to go flying too when she does she can't handle it. She faints. She never wants to go flying again. She never shows independence again for the rest of the movie. Right. In fact, her interests are completely written out of the script for the rest of yeah. the movie, except for to pick a man at the end. Right. You know, based on how he runs the race, essentially. Uh, and that's like, for me, like the tragedy of this movie is just how yeah, she, she's abandoned as a concept, as a as a, you know... Uh, except to except to love Orville
1: I'm glad you brought that up because that is infuriating that was a huge like because yeah the whole time you're the most interesting thing in it besides Terry Thomas is her and then yeah it's over and I was struck by and I made a very angry note about it I was struck by and, and it seems to be par for the course in this movie but mainly in This aspect, the whole thing. She's like, I want to go. I want to go flying. I want to go flying. I want to go flying. And then the movie takes absolutely no moment in the moment of her taking off. You know, the moment of anticipation, the moment of like, I'm going to get to fly. I'm flying. I'm I'm flying. I'm flying. I'm flying. They they just cut, and she's doing it. And you're like, what about the build up of like, not 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 just the 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 sexual. uh, allegory but just the moment of like this meant a lot to her and she's getting to do it there's like no empathy or uh, to be had with a fem- with a female character we're just all with the men who are going no no stop don't take my daughter up she and never gets her close up she never gets her close up and yeah. then um like i'm uh, uh, for sure is all too common because you know good sex begets more sex right for, you know, or, you know, that, that she's like, well, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. I'm sati- either satiated or it's too much for me. So, no. So, it's yeah. like, come on. I'll just watch. <laughs> I'll
0: just watch for now.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it was infuriating. It just drops her. And then, like, oh, so you mean i got to follow the rest of these Nimrods, the rest of this movie? You know, it was a real disappointment. Yeah. Oh, they did the same thing with just the race in general. The, uh, it they, they they like they don't do like, the 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 waiting for the starter pistol or the everyone lined up and like waiting to run or waiting to start your engines. None of that. They just go like, okay, now they're
0: racing, and you're like, ah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, there's a flag, yeah. right? Because there's the bit where he says, "Well, no, and I want the race to start off wave my handkerchief." And then someone sees that and they wave the flag. And oh, right. The first yeah, guy the takes sad. off before he's supposed to, and yeah, but they, it's like a time trial thing, so they take off one at a time, and there's no like starting line because that no. would have been too hard to a, film. There was
1: there was no sensuousness to that, you know, to like that feeling of. Putting Anticipation you there yeah. Of, of yeah, so like which when I they're taking off, critical. that's when
0: the music is kind of soaring, and yeah. uh, you know that's inspiration. Like, oh, isn't it beautiful? But, but that it was critical in,
1: in in aligning with that character with Patricia's like realization of what she's always wanted to fly, and I, it just made me mad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Third build. By <laughs> because, the way, she she might. She might very well be the prototype for Nancy Allen's role in 1941.
0: (laughs) You know, 1941 is like (laughs) a spiritual successor to these movies without being a wacky race movie. I agree. Um, It's kind of a shame. Like, we have to give a sidebar to it when we get to to that point in our timeline. Okay. James Fox, third build, James Fox, another person I've never heard of. Uh, So not much... Star power at the top of the the bill. Okay. Get down to Alberto Sordi, a non-character in this movie. He's the inventor of flight, but he has zero interaction with any other character except (laughs) for his engine will catch on fire and he will hold on to Orville's uh, plane uh, at the end. He makes a lot of babies with his wife because... Um, his Vatican II hasn't happened yet, right? So they can't use birth control. Yeah. He's Catholic. That's like, a, there's a gag based around that. It's a stereotype, right? He uh, is, you know, he's from a bunch of Fellini movies. I've seen him in Ivitoloni. I've seen him in The White mm. Sheik. I saw those movies uh, almost 30 years ago in my college course on Italian neorealism. I don't remember. I, I, I kind of, I, maybe I kind of remember him from. Those movies? I don't know. He was a star in Italy. Uh White Sheik is a does a straight up comedy. Comedy world. <laughs> he's the lead. Uh so it's interesting they got him and then gave him no comedic business to do. <laughs> okay. Robert Morley, yeah. kind of a he's kind of a ringer as yeah. Lord Rosley. He's really good. Is he playing straight? I want to say, like, he's the best at playing straight. Sarah Miles is playing a comic role. She's playing, yeah. you know, so she's not playing straight. Robert Morley is kind of playing straight, even though he's just kind of a funny his, screen his, presence.
1: Yeah, his pomposity is supposed to be a, a, a subject of ridicule, but he's more or less playing it straight.
0: Yeah, I think he might be picked for playing it straight. I don't know. If he's not playing a straight... And if um, Yojiro Ishihara is the only other person in this movie playing a straight, I think, I don't know, not a lot to choose from for straight players in this movie. Okay, George Gruber, the the Sam
1: Wanamaker who plays Gruber, maybe, but he doesn't get anything to do.
0: (sighs) But he, you know, when he runs to the bathroom, that's like comical business. I don't know. Did
1: he run to the bathroom? I don't remember.
0: Wait, who's Gruber? Isn't he Gruber? Is the other American like Orville's partner. Oh, okay, they gave him a German name. Why do they do that? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, he's playing straight, right. but he doesn't, also doesn't do anything. He's like he's barely in this movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, Gert Frobe. uh we've talked about him. Uh Jean-Pierre Cassel as Pierre Dubois. He leers at ladies who are posing naked on the beach for a painting. He, he crashes cr- his plane to so Buzzing them. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know. He's not actually funny. It's kind of, he's kind of funny when he's razzing, uh, the Germans. And I did wow. like the, like the one like comic set piece that worked for me was the duel in the balloons. It has nothing to do with anything, <laughs> yeah. but it's just silly. And it does have a payoff. Like, it yeah. does it does go does it? somewhere.
1: They just land in sewage.
0: Well, they uh, the uh, the Italian flies right between them as they both fire. Oh, right, 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 right. Like, it's a very spy versus spy kind of ending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, um, very, that's very true. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, uh, I didn't he, think Dubois was funny at all. I, I thought he had an energy to him because he thought he was hilarious. I mean the character did yeah. the character thought he was just having a great time you know pramaline pranks and chasing tail and I'm awesome but so there was an energy to that but other than that I didn't think he was funny at all
0: yeah uh, Arena Demick as mm-hmm. the five six six characters that uh, Pierre will hit on of various nationalities I will slap her butt she was uh, Daryl Zenix. Uh, mistress which she put which he put in the longest day in this movie, uh and then I guess stopped putting in movies because he found a new mistress to put in his movies, which is too bad because she had a presence, I liked her she's good, she's actually yeah, she's actually funny and very beautiful, um I mean you know, and she could do a lot of accents she yeah actually yeah, so um. Good job, Daryl Zanuck. I I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> don't give him her credit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Red Skelton. So now here is a name, right? Yeah. Like even even Alberto Sordi, I wouldn't have reckoned that name or uh, or Gert Froba. I don't know. Uh, so we're one, two, three, four, five, six. Or Tony
1: Hancock, who's a big TV personality, I guess, playing Popperwell. Which I am like, was
0: that even a ca- what, huh The guy who sold uh, Ponticelli all the planes. So, nine and 10 in the cast list are Red Skelton and Terry Thomas. And then we got to go down further before we hit Benny Hill, who, uh, right. well, he, well, he's going to be 12. And Benny Hill is credited as if it's not a cameo, but it's a cameo. It's a cameo. Yeah. That's all it is. He's not a character. Which, honestly, his role,
1: what we see him do. He might as well have just been standing at the craft service table. Yeah, it's the same amount of interest.
0: So, you know, if you're if, if you're like in the European audience for this, you know, the there you know we'll count UK as part of Europe at this point in time. Uh, Maybe this looks like a real deep cast list to you. For me, this is is going to be really in the lower echelon of star wattage that we're going to get in this series. Mm, Especially since Benny Hill's not even going to manage to be as funny as the Benny Hill show in this show. (laughs) And, you know, taste may vary. Benny Hill show could be pretty hit and miss. It did produce one of my favorite jokes of all time, though, which I quote this all the time to my kids, Um, he's playing a schoolmaster who is giving a report to the parents of the students on their progress, and he's reading from the students' assignments, and he reads the following. Uh, Keep in mind, Benny Hill, uh, very unusual, wrote every line of every episode of The Benny Hill Show. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. um, Yeah, he did it all. Okay, so he wrote this joke. He's reading the assignment, the quiz. Name three fruits that start with the letter N. An apple, an orange, and an onion. (laughs) Which, for my money, is a perfectly constructed joke.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to... I'm still trying to wrap my head... Around. Okay, wait a second. I'm still trying to wrap around why it's funny.
0: Because he says... An, he's, it begins okay. with an N. And so you think nectarine. In. You know. Right. But yeah, no, but it's so, an apple. So I was like, oh, it's a grammar joke. They, and then he says, then he lists something that's not a fruit. Then he says... Yeah, then he says an orange. <laughs> and, and, and then you're an thinking, onion. okay, what other fruit starts with the vowel that could complete this? And he says <laughs> an onion. So not only did so they made two mistakes, you know, it's, it's just, you know, it's got, it's like, yeah, a, got it's, got it, it it's got it all. It zigs and then it zags. I wanted like, to make sure
1: I didn't misunderstand. Yeah. wasn't reaping the full joke
0: meat from yeah. that. That's a, that's from a that good humor nut. That's a, that's a good little joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, but then he like ripped uh skirt off uh, when the skirts are ripped off in this movie. It's funnier than when it happens on the Benny Hill show.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, whenever I think of the Benny Hill show, I only think of this one sight gag, which I have trouble with because I don't. I, it's not tasteful, but it's it did surprise me, and it was a bit where Benny Hills at this high flute dinner like, like cocktail party, there's like charcuterie or stuff laying around, and he get picks up, and he there's a woman, a big busty woman in a evening gown, with her cleavage showing and um, he picks up a grape and he squeezes it too hard and it get, jumps out of his fingers and you saw a close-up of what you believe to be cleavage and the grape lands in it and he and then it cuts back to B- Benny Hill and he's like, oh, oh. So he, you close up on him and it creeps over and then you see the grape close up again and Benny Hill's reaching in to get it and it pans out and it's not cleavage at all. It's a woman's butt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and... That's just like a basic... What if yeah. boobs were butts? What if boobs <laughs> were butts? <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm like, that's Biddy Hill
1: in a nutshell, honestly. But the fact that he got me, you know, I went, oh, so he's in the cleavage. Oh, it's not the cleavage. It's butts.
0: Uh, uh. Butts are funny. <laughs> they just are. It's just surprise to me.
1: That's all. That's And that's what comedy is. Surprise.
0: Huh. Speaking of surprises... Uh,
1: I was... Exactly, Onion. I was surprised that I liked the McDougal, the Scottish pilot who
0: eh, could not be in this movie. Boy, they <laughs> took matter. forever to pay that one off. Like, no, isn't your plane backwards? Like, no, no, no. It's, just, it's forwards. It's forwards. And then you yeah. watch them all take off. And like, we didn't get to see the Scottish guy take oh, off. Oh, that
1: wasn't the Scottish guy, though. That wasn't... The, he just said one of them's in Scotland. And it was, uh, that was Papa Maker. That was the, the guy who made all the planes, sold all the planes. And he was flying a plane backward, and it was going to Scotland.
0: Oh, I so think it, it was even the Scottish, Scottish guy, guy. guy. Yeah, see, who who
1: who, can, who knows? They didn't do anything. But the Scottish guy was the one who had the dog that said a sign around his neck saying, I am the first dog to oh, fly. that's right. I don't know why I thought that was funny, but I did.
0: Oh, that's right, that's right.
1: It should have said, P.S., uh, I also wrote this sign. <laughs> or someone wrote this sign for me. <sighs> okay, can I make another observation about this movie? Please. Oh,
0: please, I'll just complain if you don't. Okay, so <laughs> we said it was interesting and surprising that all of the nationalities are played by people from their own country, Right. Uh, Oh, we didn't get down in the cast list to Yojiro Ishihara, the one non-European, non-American. And also, uh, as far as I can tell, like the one non-comic actor cast in this movie, he was like a heartthrob. He was like an Elvis type in Japan. He was like a singer. Oh, really? A dramatic actor. In the 70s was in a lot of pink films, a lot of nude uh, sex films, which was like the number one Kind of, I'm not. I'm going to try to get into the Japanese film industry in the 70s. I don't really know. <laughs> um, died young because he did not eat vegetables. Oh, weird. Uh, died at the age of 57 because he did not eat vegetables. Eat your vegetables, kids.
1: Yeah, I thought it was interesting that he was... His character seemed to be treated with respect. Again, uncommon with Asian characters in this movie, in this era of filmmaking... But yet also not treated with respect in the sense that he wasn't allowed to do anything funny in a comedy at the same time. Well, and then, I mean,
0: he's just like a competent. He's treated like a competent, handsome man, right? right? Um, who Terry Thomas like? We got, we got to get, we got to get him out of here. Everybody, everybody sees him as like a very serious rival. Right. Like he's the one who gets eliminated first. Like he's like, oh, we this, this guy's plane is too good. Now we see. When he's up in the sky in his kite, which I was very disappointed, he didn't enter the race in a kite because that looked cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah,
0: because he was flying in his like he's, kite wings. Yeah, that's yeah. right.
1: I forgot about that. Like, oh, that, that would be
0: cool. different. Um, but no, instead we see that he's just in a plane that's assembled from parts of everybody else's planes. So it's like they Voltroned together everybody's <laughs> planes to make his plane. And it's like, oh, is that the idea is that they they the Japanese really didn't have any innovations. They were just importing ideas from the West. <laughs> yeah, so much you know? of that in this movie. The um I mean, which is kind of what happened, right? Like they decided, yeah. oh, we gotta catch up to everybody, and so we have to do our own rapid industrial revolution, right? Um But this whole this whole movie is like this association with empire. Every nation that's represented at the point when the movie takes place 1910 has an empire Mm -hmm. still right 1965 all those empires are gone or have rapidly faded or you know mostly fallen apart and there's this interesting thing going on with this movie where like it's calling back to this time of innovation where uh these nations are competing but they're also kind of cooperating. They have a shared vision of improving the world, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that if they exchange ideas, they can all all do better. Um and so we need to come together and learn from each other and, and adapt and uh and this kind of like shared vision of like we are we are building the future together, right? And, um, and like, so it's like, we're supposed to be inspired by the story of doing, doing this at a point where these empires are, are falling. And there's no, like, um, there's no, uh, there's no sense of the rest of the world exists. <laughs> right. But I was talking right. about this with my son Floyd and he was like, yeah, there's this, Um, He was kind of He walked out of this movie He was really disgusted By all of the broad stereotypes And the way uh, People Nationalities and women Were being uh, depicted But he was like I concur I'm glad I wish
1: I had (laughs) the balls to do it I was like I had to do this for a show
0: But he was like But I also Kind of um, Like Missed that Notion That they would have Like these world's fairs And As much as they Mm. were Like condescending and patronizing to the rest of the world they also had this vision that they actually were like could help the rest of the world right like if we could make the rest of the world be more like us bad right like that that shouldn't be a necessary <laughs> part but then the rest of the world would be improved right and right. we can we can actually build like this, it was this aspirational future, and so it like led to this conversation about like, you know, how when we talk about if uh, if we need global cooperation around climate change, like we don't talk about it as building like a better future than what we have. We talk about it as like maintaining where we are now, but like what sacrifices would we have to make to to maintain, you know? And um, it's, it's such an interesting thing about this 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 movie is how like it doesn't talk about it but it's all like threaded through with like this notion of empire and empire building
1: well i i i would say that i i want to see that movie <laughs> cuz they mentioned at the beginning like the whole thing like they mentioned one of the selling points was that all the um aviators around the world would come and 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 share technology and we would learn from each other they mentioned that like once or twice in the yeah in the selling of the the race
0: and we see but orville does it like he incorporates design ideas from like another plane he saw the, i don't remember that at all maybe i was too busy eye rolling he's like it looks like a lamp head. or something that he's mounting <laughs> on the bottom of his of his plane it's one of the scenes where patricia comes in to talk to him oh okay so like, but I, I
1: I don't feel like the movie. I think it's generous For, from my viewing experience. I'll say I think it's generous to say that it's there underlying all that because, uh, I thought I felt like it was just straight up abandoned because I would have liked to oh, have seen yeah. that more. I would like to seen the conflict that arises from it, the sharing that arises from, it, or the fact that they all should be doing or the acknowledgement that they all should be doing it but instead they're playing grab ass and you know fucking around Animal House style and not and to the point where we're seeing the consequences of not sharing information you know either one of those movies I would have been more happy to see than just hey we're gonna uh, say this and I remember once I was um, rightly criticized maybe by you (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember I think maybe of a screenplay that I wrote where it said, this sounds like just everything you, like a list of all the things you did research on.
0: Oh, that was aftermath. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I went, Oh yeah. And so like, I forgot. Well, shoot. I lost my thread of why that was pertinent to this, but you know, cause that's
0: not in this movie. <laughs> it's well, not in this movie at all. And so like, I mean, it kind of is about like, here's all these airplane designs. We made them authentic. But it, to me it felt like rather than make like, up more fanciful
1: ones it felt like the seeds of like all these empires that are here in the movie gone now if, if any of that had any resonance it fell away when they just started going oh germans be like blah, 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 and uh, frenchmen be like oh, blah, 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 and italians be like oh, blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> like, oh jesus christ no, it absolutely ends up having nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it's just, exactly. It has
1: nothing to do with anything. It's,
0: but it's about how the story is constituted. Like, who is, who is yeah. here and who is not. Right. Yes, I Industries. see. In this race. You know?
1: But that the writer, the director is the writer, along with another writer who's the producer. And, and they've been writing together for a long time. And so, like, like they put it together for a reason. And then none of it, like none of it, comes through. It's just it's about nothing. I mean, even to the point where, like Terry Thomas as the resident um, mischievous Loki, the the Loki who's not good, even good at being Loki,
0: they rarely are.
1: You know, um, comes in and like even Loki is usually not good at being Loki. His comeuppance in the movie comes. I don't know what why I I, hate, I hated that the fact that the end of his storyline wasn't part of the culmination of the movie. Oh
0: yeah, did you notice when I read my plot outright, Sir Percy cheats is the last time he is mentioned because yeah, exactly. his cheating doesn't matter; it doesn't come back to bite him. It even goes except for the
1: people who uh, were out of the race because of it, like uh, Yamamoto. Yeah,
0: it affects no, it doesn't affect no one. No. So P- Sir Percy at one point rides across the channel on a boat. Right. And the effect this has is he has to get his feet wet because <laughs> he gets let out in high tide. Everyone gets excited because,
1: oh, Mrs. Mr. Per- Percy's, Sir Percy's leaving in the middle of the night. He can't see a thing. How brave. We all got to get going. Yeah. And that's about the only effect he has on everyone else. But they still don't leave until the morning.
0: No. They, he so gets who to- gives a shit? He gets his plane up on the beach and a bunch of locals are like all excited to see him. And so when he would rather be getting in his plane and taking off, they rush in and like pick him up and carry him away. And this has consequences because nothing. The next time we see him, he's yeah. up in the air. Like it didn't, the delay yeah, didn't it, matter. What? Uh, yeah. It, it's of no consequence. <sighs> it's it's of not, no consequence. It's not funny and it's not a plot. It doesn't invest a supply. It doesn't do anything. Um. And when he crashes, it has has nothing to do. It's not like comeuppance because, oh, one of his schemes backfired on him. It's like no, it's something that could have happened to anybody. He just gets right. he gets lost in choo-choo smoke. He lands on the train. <laughs> lands on the train. His plane gets smashed he in a tunnel. Tries
1: to yell at a train engineer to stop <laughs> the train. Two cars up.
0: Yeah, turn this train around. He didn't say that. <sighs>
1: And then, the, uh, when Patricia chooses Orville as the man she wants, at that moment, at the end of the movie, when she does that... Oh, this is a cool moment. I realized I didn't give two shits. It doesn't. No, you don't. <laughs> I didn't no. give two shits about any of them. But, okay, before we get to the cool moment, okay. I just want to point out, so Supercy cheats, does no effect on anything. The main center of the romance, I didn't give two shits before they came together and
0: after they resolved. Yeah,
1: but that's true of West Side Story. And, and this t- movie was nominated for Best Original Screenplay.
0: <laughs> okay, yes. We need to come up with our theory about why this happened. I have one. I could only come up with one explanation. Uh, what's that? Jack Palance read the wrong <laughs> title.
1: <laughs> you know what? I The more I think about it, the more I think Risa Tomei... Deserved. I mean, she. It's a fantastic performance. She deserved it. I think she actually won. But maybe Jack Palance read the wrong one on this one.
0: That's all That's a do. good theory. It, you know, somebody read the wrong name off the card, and they couldn't undo it. That's a pretty fucking long name to misread. Because I can't. Well, once you start, oh. like, how do you start? Sorry, Dex. Sorry, Dex. Those magnificent.
1: Oh, shit. Those magnificent fucking men. And oh, jeez. That was supposed to be for whom the bell tolls. This is these aren't the nominations. This is the garbage. <laughs> I'm literally holding a trash can while I'm reading the nominations.
0: Who gave this to me? Terry Thomas is like. <laughs> so it it might be that it won. It got nominated, didn't win. Thank goodness it got nominated because of the cool thing that happens, and then the end. Like, exactly oh, w- that clever
1: because the last thing they did was very clever, and so you're like. If if you, uh, I learned in college.
0: You've got to say what the cool thing is. You can't. Wait, go. wait, wait, no, wait, One second. One second. Oh, I God. learned in college. I, imagine that being you, a listener listening right now.
1: I'm. Ju- I give me one sentence. You're making it longer. <laughs> I got one sentence to say. I learned in college that if I ended a paper with a question, I always got an A. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter if the everything that preceded it was shit. If I ended it with a question, I got an A because they thought I was oh, thinking about it. So, I think that this m- movie was a two and a half hour slog, and then they do this really cool thing where, right when he cho- right when she sits down next to Orville, Patricia sits down next to Orville and basically pats him on the knee, like, "Yeah, I choose you," even though my stuffed shirt boyfriend who wouldn't take me flying just did the noblest freaking thing. Gracefully, in sharing the victory with you because of your actions, you know, he didn't like... Well, it was the
0: least he could do. It was the least he could do. He still kept half the prize money. He could have given That's all true. of it.
1: To uh, the poor and then,
0: guy. and <laughs> Mr. Rich over here, Richie Rich, could right. have... <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't the noblest thing possible. Okay, you know, I, I, like, I, I grant you. On Orville's that. been saying, if I don't win this prize money, I'm going to lose everything. But then so at the same, same time, he like, loses so his plane.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, you go like, so what was the? He said, I don't even have money to get home, and you're like, then why did you come here? I mean, like, I understand, I understand you. You're coming for the dream and you're coming for the chance. But you, so you came knowing you would, you couldn't get home. You just stuck. But it all on. Putting all those chips on the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so right when she pats him on the knee and says, uh, you mind," they lean into a kiss, and then suddenly they turn and look off screen at the sound of a supersonic jet. Like a squadron of them, like a formation. Yeah. Flies overhead. And then they cut, and you see these jets flying overhead, and then the narrator bumps into saying, that aviation is now you with these supersonic jets. You can fl- today, you can fly the same channel, which took them twenty five hours. You can do it in eight minutes.
0: And like I think seven. About, I think they even say oh, seven, seven minutes. minutes seven even minutes. more impressive.
1: Yeah. And so they um, then they show you the world of today and how it came from. It is really kind of like it was a cool moment i I, that's why i didn't give this movie zero stars i gave it one (laughs) um because of terry thomas and uh this and courtney and and this uh this moment um because it was genuinely cool and then they went on to say well you know was there was there parts in the movie where fog caused them delays i can't remember Mm, they couldn't take no. off because of fog. Well, they said they, they go to the they go to the airport and the modern day traveler. They say, well, there's still problems that unavoidable, and they say, well, it can take longer than seven. It minutes It can take longer than seven minutes. Yeah, and so it was like the this, Texas
0: Avery Car of Tomorrow kind
1: of right? narration. So the steward, uh, a flight attendant, comes out and says, uh, "Sorry, due to fog, we're canceling the flights tonight. So buses are taking you back to your hotel." And then everyone goes, "Oh, flying is so boring and inconvenient." <laughs> and they all start to wander yeah. off and, and then the, Red Skelton's we...
0: there. Yep. Call back from <laughs> the beginning of the movie which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, we didn't there, even talk about the beginning. And he does movie. like an "Oh, shucks arm." This big gesture, "Oh, shucks," and I'm like, "Ha, ha oh, that's a... Funny gesture But then he starts saying Wait a minute I could flap my wings Like a bird And maybe I could Fly across the Maybe English I could channel. do it. I am too old To be doing This kind of shit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah it was a
1: I, I read an interpretation Of that moment Which is to basically say That it's to Celebrate the ingenuity Of, of man To be still like Well I can I oh, yeah. can persevere through To still I am still have that Inspirational part of me that aspirational part of me that could solve these problems. And I'm like, no, this is a a traggler yeah. who just the... had a giant Cinnabon and thinks he can flap
0: his arms across the English channel. Yeah. This is a raging moron. <laughs> the author of the Wikipedia page did not He's... have the dispassionate neutral point of view <laughs> that one might hope for. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Sorry. Opening of this movie. Oh we we see a, the the proscenium. We see the the you know we're we're sitting in the movie theater, the old timey nineteen ten movie theater, where we're actually watching a sound picture. <laughs> it's kind of does this a weird thing. We're we're somewhere between <laughs> nineteen ten and nineteen sixty five because we're actually watching a talkie, but an old jittery black and white talkie. Thought you were all clever, didn't you? Movie about the history of flight and. Uh, and this is like one of those <laughs> things that Tex Avery was parodying where like, man has been attempting flight since Neanderthal times and Red Skelton in like his loincloth like, is trying to fly by flapping his arms and jumping off a cliff. Whee! uh You get a little dummy humor. Well, no, it's more like, uh, I don't know, it's not really... No, it's more like dust
1: being thrown in the air uh, yeah. behind a... Safety thing humor. It's not dummy humor. So no. I, I'm, it did not scratch my dummy humor. Itch it was,
0: it was not, none of this is good. None of it's good. This is, this is not quality comedy here. Um, <laughs> and then we see Red Skelton in different ages uh, trying different flying techniques, which will not work. But then we're going to get some archive footage. We've all seen these of the attempts that the, you know, the pre. Yeah. Uh, Wright Brothers attempts at flight. We see um, the car with the flappy umbrella top that that's not going to work. Well, yes. We're going to get the guy with the like fire crackers on his back uh, who just his back explodes. We're going to get the guy with the strap-on wings on his arm who's going to run and, and flap. We're going to go back to the umbrella car and <laughs> see that <laughs> flap again. Maybe it's a different one. And then we see another example and I'm like Do they think they have to show us every example? Like, we don't have to... Like, we get the idea. Like, can we get to the movie? And, like, no. This is going to go on for, like, another 60 seconds straight of just archival footage. Like, we found the footage. We paid for the rights to it. We're showing this fucker. Like, strap in, folks. The
1: one... There was one I hadn't seen before. And it scared the crap out of me. It was the (laughs) one where the pilot was... It went vertical and then broke away, and it projected the pilot out into the air. And and then it falls. And they didn't show... The camera doesn't follow the pilot where he lands, and you're like... It's like a snuff film. That that guy died. Yeah. Why did you put that in
0: there? He couldn't have not died. Or broke both of the legs. Something really bad happened to this guy.
1: Something bad happened, and like... It. I was. I was
0: really kind of (laughs) revolted, just going like, "Oh my god!" Check the label. Like, am I showing my kids faces of death? Like, what's going on? I thought the
1: same thing. But it was the first time I'd seen those clips in a presentation that wasn't like filled up with sound effects to make to be punchlines of another joke like it wasn't like you know hey Vern it's Ernest which I do really like but it wasn't like interstitials between their sh- two short sketches that they need to fill time with or cartoon planet yeah. or you know, well, yeah, you know right, like that. Brack exactly, Brack, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking of Brack the whole time yeah. going yeah. like I kind of see why Brack's in there but like the um, but I also just got to appreciate not just the failure but the attempt for the first time. Mm-hmm. So I did actually kind of like that. Also, I was grasping at straws trying not to like be angry at the movie so soon. <laughs> Into watching yeah. it. Uh, but I did get to like going, oh, I see what they're doing. They're showing the attempt, not the failure. Okay. All right. That's good. Um, Okay. And then, yeah. I, then they watch the snuff film. <laughs> they, and I'm like, okay, movie, I'm back to not liking you again. <laughs>
0: Ah, all right. Um So best original <laughs> screenplay. Ah uh, nominee. Uh, moment, nominee moment I should say. Casual racism. There's not a lot of this casual about There's this a lot movie. There's of casual
1: racism in this movie. Uh, no. lot, Lord a lot, a
0: lot just... mansion has a um like a, a a black uh jockey statue next to the door. So like, oh, Okay. I'm all
1: casual. right.
0: That's pretty. I don't know. I mean, there's not uh, the camera's not trained on. It's just like, oh, it's just part of the decoration. I don't know. That's pretty casual. Okay, we need to get out of this. We need to get out of this. We
1: do see. (laughs) I really thought this was going to be a half hour episode. I really did. You You took ten minutes. I know. I uh, yeah. You you. I didn't know you were going to bring all this like crumbling empires that aren't around speech anymore oh you got you actually brought interest to it Uh, i'm doing my job here uh... (laughs) and i'm doing
0: mine just un ignorant passion (laughs) (laughs) okay so we said we called it's a mad 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 world the wellspring for this genre but this is i think the first actual entry in the genre right like yeah When we think about the wacky race, like in in Mad World, it's a bunch of unrelated motorists who, by happenstance, happen to be present to hear this smiler guy tell them about this money that's buried somewhere with like a puzzle attached to it. And then cops show up, which like present the ticking clock. And now the race is on. Right. Right. But none of them, I mean, I guess they all choose to be in the race from that point forward. Um, but none of them win. Like, there's no winners. Everybody loses. Everybody loses. You know. But
1: it is the one race where people join, new drivers join the race. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the
0: movies, people are eliminated. You know? Yeah. Um. But, like, if there's a lesson to, it's a mad, 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 mad world, uh, it's that they don't get in the race. Like, it's not worth it. Okay. Well, this movie tried its best <laughs> to it took, the race thing, uh, the movie. over <laughs> over a
1: hundred minutes before it went. Okay, I guess we got to do a race. Yeah.
0: Okay. So this <laughs> so this movie introduces some things which are going to become more common, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the fact that like the rules of the race are set up uh, and known, and people are opting in, right? Like we, you see the people yeah. who trying to get in you see them kind of assemble their their teams or like do their preparations Mm -hmm. for the race um they we establish some rivalries right Maze and orville it's a love Mm -hmm. triangle but they get their rivalry the french guy and the german guy have a rivalry which doesn't actually matter when the race starts (laughs) has no bearing (laughs) on anything right Um, There's no uh, unexpected alliances except Orville rescuing uh, the the, the Italian guy. Who, by the way, had no interaction with anyone else up until that point. Right. That's his first. Exactly. (laughs) That's his first. He doesn't want to go after the French guy, but he's never going to meet the French guy. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) They're never even going to be the same shot. Okay. Um. What else? Uh, maybe that's it. <laughs> like, But, you know, that's the start of something. We're going to see. Oh, um, and we learn accidentally in this movie that you got to get them on the ground because that's the only. Got to get them on the ground. That's The plot only happens when they're on the ground. So once you send them in the air, you had a pause on your plot. Pa- big pause button on your plot. Like, don't do that. Keep them on I'm the not fully on board with that theory, but I think in
1: terms of like the basic
0: at this uh, budget uh, level, like okay, what they can pull off.
1: Right. You know. I think. I think as far as basically like setting up your movie, having everybody on the ground in the and to wherever they can all interact with each other, or that's what you want.
0: Yeah. Pit that's stops. That's where the movie.
1: That's where the movie pops.
0: Pit stops are important. Like pit stops are going right. to be points of drama. You need pit stops. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. So that's where we're going to see where uh, The Great Race, Blake Edwards, The Great Great Race, uh, picks up on that and develops it. It actually isn't going to develop it uh, because it comes out less than a month after this one.
1: And it isn't a bunch of racers. It's really just two, I think, right? No, there's a bunch. Yeah. Oh, there is a bunch. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm excited to see The Great Race because I saw it a long time ago and... Um I uh my my son is big on movies with cartoon physics, like live action movies with the cartoon physics. So mm. if Great I recall, race. this one certainly does have Will
0: that. qualify, yes. Good. Um so uh so if we're talking about the movies like being in a race financially, uh box office like in twenty twenty dollars, I like go to twenty twenty before our inflation kind of started skewing um, the proportions. So Mad World made three hundred eighty-eight million. Magnificent Men of Their Flying Machines made like two hundred fifty-four million. Really good. Yeah. Big. Really big, good. Big hit. Right. Um, it came out. Comes out on June sixteenth. Great Race is going to come out 7, July first. Um. Uh. My kids, they didn't see the race part. Uh. So they missed the worst part of the movie. What's the race start? This movie dies. Right. Um, which, is,
1: which is funny because it's so frustrating that they don't get to it. And then I when know. they get to it, the whole movie dies, right?
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <sighs> uh, but, you know, the twins, from what they saw, they they liked those Magnificent Ben better. They were enjoying it more than it's a Mad, 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 Mad world. So I find that hard to believe. That's, uh, you can ask them. I told them they was the worst part. Uh, I, I think won't. it. I think it ends up being you know uh, it does not nearly reach the heights of Mad World and so like in the race Mad World is out ahead, flying machines is back here. Um, yeah, I mean there's no in the, in the rankings.
1: What's the equivalent of the gas station scene for uh, it's uh, those magnificent?
0: men? like a machines. duck turns its head and looks at Terry Thomas in a funny. <gasps> That's way. right.
1: That's right. I forgot. I did like that. That's a funny moment. That is a funny moment. I completely forgot that. That's some uh, good puppetry un- work on that duck. It was. It was very funny. Uh, a uh, unintentionally funny moment was when Orville tells uh, Richard Mays, "You punched me when I wasn't looking," which was funny because I noticed he was staring directly at him for a three full seconds, <laughs> and then he punched him directly in the face. He was. Uh, you totally were looking. <laughs>
0: Did this movie have a meta moment? Like, I didn't decide I'm not going to run through the whole scorecard because I thought it kind of dragged maybe, last episode. Maybe the moment
1: where, where Lord R- Rodsley says, the trouble with these international affairs is they attract too many foreigners. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's a good line. <laughs> it was a good line. A good it was one, line. one of the few times where you're like, okay, now we're getting at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because ah. he did it simply for the British Empire To be superior in the air So Were of you course rooting? I don't want
0: Were you rooting for anyone in the race? Oh that's a great question um, I, You know Yamamoto
1: kind of Well Yamamoto was like I was like well if he won that would make the most sense But he's out immediately
0: Yeah. Kind um, of Emilio I, I mean he invented uh, flight in this movie and he's like an honorable dude who just loves fucking his wife and making babies with her. I, I kind of hated him, though, weirdly. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> um, I, honestly, I felt bad for the Germans.
0: You felt bad for the Germans?
1: Yeah. I, so did too, I just Well, a... you
0: know, I don't Holstein. <laughs> yeah, he's a doofus, but I appreciate someone who actually reads the manual. Yeah, me RTFM. too. RTFM.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. like, like in a weird way, I had this thing because it wasn't like he was going around going messing everybody up, and then people pulling pranks on him. Right? He was just yeah. doing his thing, and was everyone was, was shitting business. on him. So yeah, he was minding his own business the whole time, yeah, and everyone was just shitting on him the entire time. So, part of my, you know, in the in the in the realm of the movie, I'm gonna say, I,
0: I was kind of rooting for the German military. <laughs> And you know He's not even being judgy About the other No people. He like, wasn't He's all doctrinaire They're not But he's like Oh they're You know Like we're gonna show them The way it's done You follow You read the instructions You know yeah, there's, So when there's he a got, reason we do things The way we do
1: And the fact The fact that he could Fly the plane at all For as long as he did Yeah Is a testament to That theory not being A totally bad one
0: Okay I'm with Okay I'm switching So I was kind of here. rooting For Holstein
1: for a while Then when he Yeah uh, you totally the,
0: right Holstein's uh, my favorite character he totally this.
1: I mean, I, I wanted to just be watching Terry Thomas, but he um, obviously I didn't want him to win. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, but I wanted him to kind of
0: matter in the story, and well, okay. I we all know how that turned out. Will you agree with me on this? Terry Thomas is funnier in Magnificent Men than he is in Mad World. He's got more to do. Mm-hmm. He's got more to do. He's got the monologue, I, he's got the bosoms monologue in Mad World.
1: Well, he's the blueberry and the tomato soup in this movie, so that's what is kinda going for him. Like he stands out yeah. from the mountain of unfunniness that he's wading through. Um I think he's got more to do. That's a hard call because I thought he was very funny in this.
0: Because in, in I understand in, why he's in the movie more. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um uh in 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 those fly in those magnificent men, he's he's kind of playing that. It's a lot more of a delicious role, whereas Colonel Hawthorne is more hapless, right? He's just kind of oh, cheerio, what's going on? Oh, really, we're gonna do this? Okay, so but I like him so much in It's a Mad Mad World. I can't see myself ever voting for. Anything related to this movie, (laughs) (laughs) okay? But um, but I I don't know. He's pretty funny in this. He's really funny in this. So it's it's it's. I will say I will grant you this. It is a tough choice.
0: All right. Okay. Uh, I just want to go on this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Saddest moment. It's it's when the intermission starts and you realize the race hasn't. You know what? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. The intermission I, I, card comes up like, "Oh, really? Oh my god!"
1: At that point, I think to myself, if I was, you know, watching the road show version of this I uh, uh, had reserve seating in my opening night, and the intermission came up, I'd be like, "I can't imagine anyone there feeling like Stay. Yeah,
0: but you know, if you had seen this one when you were eight, like it totally would have imprinted itself on you, and you would have loved it you
1: know I saw this movie I've known about this movie for a very long time I saw it in the video stores on the shelf and it was in one of the same the same like you know how Disney had all the puffy clamshells oh yeah for their VHS tapes and like no other movie had that puffy clamshell and if they did the prestige format yeah right if they did if it was like some movie like oh you're trying to muscle in on that (laughs) but I remember those magnificent men had the puffy clamshell And I remember going, oh, is this Disney? It wasn't Disney. But I go, oh, but it's earned the echelon of the puffy clamshell. (laughs) So I assumed it had some sort of merit. But um, alas, it was only nominated for best original screenplay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I can't get over that. Uh, All right. Well, let us know what you think, folks. You've heard a lot of what we think. Why don't you tell us what you love? Change our minds about this movie. Tell us why we should love those magnificent men or why you did, and whether it's because it imprinted itself on you when you were a child or is it possible for an adult to learn learn to love it for the first time. (laughs) Yeah, I will
1: not fight you on it because I, I clearly understand that I uh, I, I I don't want to feel like this. I'll put it this way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let I us really know on to. our Facebook page uh, under the name You Watched It Wrong. We have a Twitter feed where it's the letter U, letter U Watch It Wrong, because of Twitter weird Twitter rules. Uh, we like emails. You can email us at You Watch It Wrong, all spelled out, at happypanic.net. Or uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We never ask people to do this. Uh, You could leave us one like Farted Sari did. Um, Gave us a very generous five-star review where he wrote, uh, This is the review in its entirety. Keep it up. Funny and Uh, sleep-inducing. No notes. That's a great review. (laughs) Hey, if you suffer from insomnia, we are here to help. That's right. Yeah. Do you think he like puts us on the 2X speed and like that helps him fall asleep faster? I, I,
1: I hope he puts it on like the, the 0.5 and
0: then just lets us really grind that evening out. Maybe maybe he needs to check his settings and it's not our fault. I mean, maybe it has nothing to do with us.
1: <laughs> It'd be a lot more lively if he actually had it on 1X.
0: <sighs> and that's it. Next up is going to be Blake Edwards' The Great Race. And this one we will say, go ahead and watch this one. <laughs> I enjoyed the great race. I had yeah. me and the me and the twins had a had a good time. I, I'm looking forward to revisiting
1: it. I saw it a long time ago, and I, I you know, Jack Lemmon acting like a Looney Tune. I mean, really, how can you get Natalie Wood? Natalie, really, what, yeah. what, what can you, what, yeah?
0: We won't get into better. I, yeah, I won't, I won't belabor it. We're gonna hear about it more. It is a very weird movie, though. Oh, that. oh, absolutely, no, yeah. no
1: question. It's ones you go, did this really happen? But that just leads to its charm. So thanks a lot for joining us. And if you were the New York Times movie reviewer Bosley Crowther, who thought it was a quote funny picture and it does move, (laughs) you watched it wrong.
0: It does move. Yeah, uh, I saw that. That is one thing it does not do. That's one thing it absolutely does not.